Father, I love you. I love your word. Every word in the Bible, in the Bible, is mine. I walk in it today. I see the fruit of it today. It's not going to be someday. It's today. The word is today. Because the faith is now. So by faith, I'm going to receive the promises of God. By faith, I've already received the promises of God. Now, today, your word, alive and active, in me. And I bless the name of the Lord. I bless the name of the Lord. I want you to shout it out. I bless the name of the Lord. I thank you, Father. I thank you for the dunamis power. I thank you for the fire that is within my belly. I thank you that your word is like fire. I thank you, Lord God, that we are blessed when we go in and blessed when we go out. We thank you, Lord God, for the fruit of our womb is blessed. Pray in the spirit for a moment. Hallelujah. Stir up your holy faith. Stirring up the faith that God has given you. Thank you, Lord God, for such a time as this. Oh, you've called us. You've appointed us. You've chosen us. You said, yes, my bride, go forth. Go forth. Yes, my bride, go forth. Fullness of confidence. In the fullness of the confidence of the Lord, your God. You're not in lack. You're in abundance. You're not sick. You're healed and whole. Amen. There's no lack. There's no lack in your life. We speak to the lack and we decree an increase in the mighty name of Jesus today. Today. In the mighty name of Jesus and all of God's children said, Amen. Hallelujah. Turn to your neighbor and say, Get ready. You're going to learn something tonight. Get ready. You're going to learn something tonight. People who know their God will be strong and carry out great exploits. Now, I believe this. I believe that this is the generation. I believe that we are the generation like Daniel. Like Daniel that walked in faith, that walked and resisted opposition. Are you claiming that tonight? You resist the opposition. A generation that shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Amen? How does the devil steal the effectiveness of your faith? How does the devil steal the effectiveness of your faith? He steals the word. Say, he steals the word. What did Jesus say to Peter? He said, come. Jesus said to Peter, come. And the moment that Peter took his eyes off of Jesus, off of the spoken word, the moment that he took his eyes off of the spoken word, he began to sink. This generation will learn to walk in faith. This this generation, we learn, we are learning to walk in faith. The faith of God's spoken word. And resist every spirit of opposition that comes our way. Every spirit of opposition. Opposition that is resisted will result in great exploits. 
will result in great faith carried out. Opposition that you resist will result in great faith. Say great faith when I resist. Water walking faith is little faith. That's what I titled it tonight. Water walking faith is little faith. Say that right now out loud. Water walking faith. That's little faith. You might be thinking, what? Water walking faith? Yes, let's turn our Bibles to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew 14, starting in verse 22. And in verse 22, and it says here, this is when Jesus walked on the water. This is when Jesus walked on the water. And immediately, Jesus made his disciples to get into the boat. Say, get into the boat. And go. Jesus told his disciples, get into the boat and go. Jesus has given you a word too. Get into the boat and do something. Get into the boat and go. And he said, go before him. In other words, he sent his disciples out before him. Jesus never sends you out without the provision because the provision is in the word. When he has a word for you, the provision is in the word. When he said to the disciples, go, the provision was in the word. It didn't matter if Jesus was right next to him. The provision was in the word because Jesus is the word. And so he said, get into the boat and go. Go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And then when he sent the multitudes away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening came, he was there alone. Say, Jesus was there alone. When Jesus tells me to get into the boat, when Jesus tells you to go in that direction, when Jesus says, I want you to do this, when Jesus says, I want you to invest here, when Jesus says, I want you to pay attention to this, when Jesus said, I want you to, to partner with this, when he gives you a word, you go. You do the word of God according to Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue, right? When Jesus speaks, he backs it up with power. Say, when Jesus speaks, he backs it up with power. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. That means the words that Jesus speaks also have power, power of the tongue. He backs it up with power. You can rest assured when God gives you a word, that word is backed up with what? Power. Dunamis power. Hallelujah. For the word of God is powerful. It is powerful. means it's full of power. How many of you can say, I've got a word from the Lord? How many of you can say, I've got many words from the Lord? I've got many words from the Lord. Those words are full of power. Never negate the word of the Lord. It's full of power. Amen? Let's, let's keep on reading. So here, Jesus is praying, verse 26. Verse 24. But the boat was now... In the middle of the sea. The boat was in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves. For the wind was contrary. The boat was in the middle of the sea. Tossed by the waves. The, Jesus gave them an instruction. They went on the go. Go. Get into the boat. Go. Go before me. Go before him. As soon as they do that, the wind starts. The waves start. In the middle of their assignment, they went and obeyed the command. And in the middle of the assignment, 
The wind started coming up. The, the, the adverse situation started to come against them. In the middle of your obedience is when you'll be tested. Right? In the middle of your obedience. The turbulent waters are going to kick up while you are in route to your destination. They were in route to their destination. See, so they were just listening to God and following and being obedient when the waves kicked up. The waves kicked up. Were they in sin? Nope. They were doing the will of God. They were following the word of the Lord. And the waves kicked up. And the winds kicked up. And it was turbulent. But on the way to your destination that the word of God has spoken to you to walk in. Don't ever think that the waves and the winds are not coming against you to try to discourage you. Try to silence you. To try to move you backwards. To try to stop you from fulfilling your destiny. How many of you know in this room you have a destiny? We all have a destiny. We all have purpose. We all have a calling. You have been appointed to the calling that God has called you to. God has given you specific words. God has give you, given you instruction. On the way to that destination, you'll have multiple opportunities to stop. But say, not on my watch. Because I'm recognizing the wind and the waves. Just like the disciples we're recognizing the wind and the waves. And just like we are hearing the word of God say, this is a new day and I'm filled up with faith. I'm filled up with faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now it says, in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. Jesus went to them in the middle of the night, walking on the sea. Jesus came walking on the sea. There was wind, there was waves, but Jesus came and walked on their problem. Jesus is enough to walk on your problem. He can stand on whatever is coming against you, and so can you. Jesus came and walked on the very thing that was cause, causing a, a turbulence against them. Was he not walking on the water? Was the water causing a problem in their life at the moment? Absolutely. But Jesus is going to walk on your problem. You're then also going to walk on your problem because what Jesus does, we are to do. You're going to learn how to walk on the problems. You're going to learn to put them under your feet. Is that not what the word says? The word says it's under our feet. Oh, hallelujah. Somebody gonna get, somebody's getting a revelation tonight. But I decree you're all going to get a revelation tonight. Every single one of you, whatever the turbulence may be, whatever the opposition may be, Jesus walked on it, you're going to walk on it. Jesus said it's under your feet. It is under your feet. Because God's word doesn't lie. Right? Last time I checked, the word is true. Every bit of it. So Jesus, the fourth watch of the night, he goes and he's walking on the sea. He's walking right on their problem. Hallelujah. Verse 26. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled and, they, and saying, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and he said, be of good cheer. It is I. Do not be afraid immediately so they see him walking and they're afraid they think it's a ghost but let me tell you something intimacy reveals the heart of god right but religion is going to bind you in fear intimacy intimacy with the lord is going to reveal the heart of god 
We're going to know his voice. We're going to know his presence because that's what intimacy does. But religion puts you in a, in a bind. It binds you up in fear. They're thinking it's a ghost. Understanding with our mind only, but not having an understanding in our spirit, man. Not really knowing the glorious presence of our king could confuse you with the very presence of his beautiful glory. When we are in worship, how many of you can feel so close to him? It's like his very breath upon you. You recognize his presence. It's beautiful. It's intimate. It's holy. It's holy. Someone that is not used to such a thing could walk in and miss the very thing that you're encountering. Is there anything different in the room? No. But intimacy will take you places that religion never will. Intimacy with him. It'll take you places. Religion will never take you there because it becomes a taskmaster. It becomes a list of rules, do's and don'ts. And it's not the heart being affected to the king of kings. So they think he's, they think he's a ghost. They couldn't recognize that it was Jesus coming to him. They couldn't rule over the sea at the moment. You can't rule over something. They couldn't rule over the sea because religion also cripples you. It cripples you, but faith in God's word sets you free. Isn't that what the word says, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free? Yeah? John eight thirty two. The truth shall make you free. It'll set you free, some versions say, right? So faith is going to equip you, and it's going to give you supernatural power, faith in the Spirit of God, faith in His Word, faith in Him, intimacy with Him. Whereas religion is going to cripple you, and you're not going to be able to calm the storm. They were, at the moment, were not able to stop that storm. They were fearful. And then when help was sent, walking on their very problem, they still thought it was a ghost. They still didn't recognize that their help was right there, right in front of them, and they misunderstood the very help. But one word, it was one word that, that, that Jesus said, come, one word. Focusing on the natural circumstances will cause you to sink. When we focus on the problem, it causes us to sink. But when we focus on Jesus, the answer, the solution, hallelujah, the beginning and the end, Amen? The Alpha, the Omega. When we focus on Jesus, everything becomes very clear to us. We walk in dunamis power. So Peter has little faith, but he was able to walk on water. Let's, let's read. Let's continue reading. So verse 28, Peter answers him and he says, Lord, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, Jesus says to him, come, one word. Come on, one word from the Lord releases you from years of bondage. Come, one word from the Lord takes you from just a, a half-hearted life to a life that's full, rich in his presence. One word, one, one moment of being of revelation with the king. One moment. Come, he said, come. 
He says, come. And when Peter had come down out of the boat, he walked on the water to go with Jesus. Jesus, come on. Peter walked on the water just like Jesus walked on the water. And we get focused on the fact that he starts to sink. But what about the very fact that he walked on it? He walked on the water, you guys. Let's not negate that. Let's not just kind of brush on by that just because he ends up sinking in the next verse or two because he actually walked on water. If he, come on, Jesus said, these things that I've done you shall do. He also said greater things you shall do. So if Peter walked on the water, what is our excuse? And in a minute, we're going to find out that Peter had little faith. So I said, don't negate your little faith. Little faith can grow. But little faith is water walking faith. Little faith is water walking faith. How many of you in this room could say, I have little faith? Good, praise God, because that means I can walk on the water. I'm going to walk on the problem, just like Jesus walked on the problem. I'm walking on the problem, and it's under my feet. Therefore, it's I have authority over that. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So just because it's little faith, by the way, doesn't mean that it's not working faith. Little faith still works. Say, little faith still works. Yeah, little faith still works. People go, oh, it's little faith. Are you kidding? Little faith works. Little faith walks on water. The next time the enemy tries to bring condemnation and say, you don't have the kind of faith she has. You don't have the kind of faith he has. You have little faith. He said, praise God, where's the water? Praise God, where's the sea? Where are the storms? Because I'm walking on it with my little faith. Got to throw that back in his face. Throw it back in his face. So he says, come. And Peter stepped out of the boat, walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind was boisterous, he was afraid and he began to sink. And he cried out, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him. And he said to him, oh, you little faith. Oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? Had Peter not doubted, what could have his little faith done? Hey, what he did was great. He walked on water. But he said, oh, you of little faith. Why did you doubt? What else would have happened if he would have kept his eyes on Jesus? But at least he knew enough to say, oh, Lord, help me. At least he knew enough to cry out to where his help comes from. His maker. Heaven and earth. Maker of heaven and earth. At least he knew to cry out to Jesus. But the Bible tells us that that was little faith. And it's good. Little faith is good. But say there's something better. Lord, only speak the word and my servant shall be healed, said the centurion to Jesus. The centurion, in another story, he said to Jesus, only speak the word. Only speak the word and my servant shall be healed. That's in Matthew 8. You know what Jesus called? Jesus said, this is great faith. This is what? Great faith. He said, I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. This is great faith. Peter Lord, help. Jesus says it's little faith. That's not, a, that's not a negative thing. Good. Praise God. He's got little faith. But Jesus said, what was great faith? What's great faith? When you have the opportunity to run, to cry, to scream, to want to quit, 
to be negative, to be, to walk in unbelief. Instead, you look at the mountain and you say, in the name of Jesus, the word says, you're under my feet. Great faith is quoting the word. Great faith is not looking at your trial. Great faith is speaking the word over your trial. That is what Jesus said to the centurion, did he not? Are we following here this, this night, this evening? He said, great faith. I haven't seen this kind of faith in all of Israel. Because he said, only, that's what the centurion said, only speak the word. So it is my desire and my heart, and it's God's heart, to train up this body of Christ, to speak the word, to only speak the word, to know the word, to put the promise in everything that you're doing, everything that you are believing for, in every situation, say, Father, what is the word, your word, that I'm to stand on? Because when the turbulent waters come, what are you going to say? If you say, Lord, help, that's fine, but it's little faith. It's not wrong or bad to say, Lord, help, but I want to take us higher. I want to take us up higher. Jesus said it pleased him. He said, great faith. I haven't seen this kind of great faith in all of Israel. Say, well, that's, that's me. That's me. I'm training my spirit, man, to speak the word of God. And as I speak the word of God, I will see it come to pass. Amen, amen, amen. Let's continue to read here. He says, why did you doubt? Verse 32. And when they got into the boat, the wind ceased. The wind ceased, and then those who were in the boat came and worshipped him and said, Truly, truly, you are the Son of God. Hallelujah. One word, one word from Jesus carried power to bring them into their destiny. And one word over your life has power to carry you into your destiny, right? So how does the devil steal the effectiveness of your faith? He steals the word. He, he steals the word. Some of you have promises of God. And because it's been a while, you've, you've stopped speaking that promise and you've looked for other options. You've looked for other ways. God doesn't have a plan B. It is plan A. He doesn't need a backup plan. He doesn't need a backup plan. Come on, he knows the end from the beginning. He doesn't need a backup plan. Right? He's the way, the truth, and the life. He is the way, the truth, and the life. There is no, he knows it all. So the devil wants to steal our effectiveness and the way he does it is by trying to steal the word and trying to put us into a place of emotionalism where we just, we're not focused on the word of God. But let me tell you, that's changing. That is changing. See, I want you to say this. I am not going to let the devil steal the effectiveness of my faith. Come on, say it with faith. For I am standing on every word that comes forth out of the mouth of God. Every word that comes forth out of the mouth of God. As Jesus said to Peter, come. And he's saying to you, some of you in this, this night, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Jesus says, I will give you rest. Don't look to anyone else. Don't look to any place else. I will give you rest. I know that you're weary. Some of you are battle weary, but I'll tell you, Jesus said, I will give you rest. This is what the word says. This is what we run to. We run to Jesus and we let the word of God come out of our mouth. Come to me that you may have life. John 5, 40. I am the bread 
of life. And whoever comes to me shall never hunger. He who believes in me shall never thirst. Do we, do we believe in him? Absolutely. Do we have hunger for him? Absolutely. Are we thirsty for him? Oh, yes, we are. So having little faith is good. Say having little faith is good. If you use it. If you use it. So little faith is good as long as we use our little faith. Say little faith can grow. I've got a measure of faith and I'm going to use it. Faith is awakened by the word of God. As you get the word in your spirit, faith is awakened. Faith is awakening right now within you. Say faith is awakening right now within me. Why? Because I'm hearing the word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So when the word is spoken, faith is awakening in you. Faith is awakening in you right now. Hallelujah. With faith, we're going to please God. Without faith, we can't please God. But with faith, we do what? We please the one that we love. We please the one that we adore. We please the one that we sing to. We please the one that we love to lavish with all of our love. We please him with faith. You hear the word? Faith is awakened in you right now, tonight. Amen? So faith, your faith, our faith, it's growing. When faith speaks, faith speaks when it's awakened. But it's silent when it's asleep. Faith speaks when it is awakened. But it is silent when it is asleep. We believe and therefore we spoke. That's what the word says. We believe and therefore we spoke. When you believe, because faith is awakened, you're going to speak. You're going to speak to the storm. Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He put... Faith was awake. He is faith. He was awakened within him. He's our example. He spoke to the fig tree. And it happened. Faith will speak to your circumstances when it's alive and awake in you. But when it is dormant, it'll keep you silent. And you'll look at the mountain and you won't say a word. It's time to wake up. It's better. It is better. If you're going to look at the mountain, that you don't say something negative, something full of unbelief, that is better. Silence is at least better than speaking out unbelief, but there's something better than that. And that something better than that is you looking at that situation with the eyes of authority. In Christ, faith in Christ, authority that he's given you. And you look at that thing, that situation, and you say, be gone. Let no one eat from you again. Waves, be still. Rebellion, go. Sickness, leave. When you get an understanding of the authority that you have mixed with the faith, whatever measure you may have right now, Things start to shift. Things start to change in your life. How many of you believe what I'm saying tonight? And how many of you would say, I've seen this working? I've seen. How many of you say, but I'm ready for more? I'm ready for more. Yes, of course. Well, that's where you're going. Unforgiveness will also short-circuit your faith. So we can't have unforgiveness, can't have bitterness, can't have any, any offense, in our, in our spirit man, 
Because it will short-circuit your faith. It blocks you from receiving everything. Faith grows by exercising it. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, now faith is. So it's the substance of things, ho things hoped for, and it's the evidence of things unseen. So faith is now, but faith will grow as you use it. And faith is the confident assurance. And I love this definition. The confident assurance in what God has spoken. Amen. It's confidence. So we're not going to cast away our confidence, which has a great reward. Hebrews 10.35. And through faith and patience, we receive the promises of God. Hebrews 6.12. Some of this was a review. We've gone over some of these. But you know what? It's not tedious for me to bring the word of God. It is not tedious to, to repeat it, to speak it forth again and again. Because every time you hear the word, your faith grows. Every time you're going from glory to glory, things are shifting in your life. Don't let the negative, the naysayer, the accuser of the brethren speak to you a different story. We know the story, how it ends, because we've read the book. We know that we're victorious because of Christ in us. So we're going to rise up in faith and do the will of God. Amen. Mm -hmm.